Okay, as always, as always, Parshas, the Parsha always coincides with the Yomtev and the events that are happening um, this year, Pesach is now coming. Parshas Tzav, actually, Parshas Tzav is the is the is the heir of Pesach. So, how much more connection we have to that? As we we mentioned that we we have to understand that the shechting of the Korban Pesach is done on on Erev Pesach on Yudalit on the fourteenth day of Nisan every year. And usually there's also another carbon that is shechted on the 14th, which is the, uh, the mainstay of the meal of the Seder, because we know the hafikoyman, the carbon Pesach, has to be it, eaten al hasoiva, the Pesach says. has to be eaten when you are satisfied, not stuffed, but satisfied. Mm-hmm. And th- this in itself, we can give a whole shear on that the Torah is teaching us how to be satisfied not full and stuffed, and not starving and hungry. That if we follow the dictates and the promises of the Torah and the Rabbani Shalom wants us to be satisfied people, not to be gluttonous, not to be stuffed like a turkey, but to be satisfied. And I, th- I probably saw this in a safer that the bracha that we say in benching is that we have learned to be seveya. You hear that? It's, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful word. The bracha is that we have learned through all of our avodas Hashem how to be satisfied people. Seveya, be satisfied means I I know exactly when my hunger and my desires are being met, and I can say. I'm satisfied. Who in, in the United States, it's not, we're in the constant pursuit of happiness. It's a, it's a given right, a constitutional right to be, but you're in constant pursuit. You're never there. You're never satisfied. In the bylaws of the Constitution, it says you can never be satisfied. What someone else has could potentially be mine. I just have to be part of the government in order to take it away. But it, you know, but but it's potentially mine because we're constantly in pursuit. It's never seveya. Pesach, more than any other yomtiv, teaches us how to be v'chalta v'savata. The carbon Pesach is nechal al hasoiva. It's loshen of the pasuk, loshen of Mishnah, that the, you eat the kafikayim and the carbon Pesach. That Paschal lamb, that kezayis. All you need is a kezayis. But you have to be exact, you have to measure yourself how much of the other carbon, which, are, by the way, this year is a little bit problematic because you can't shecht on Shabbos a regular carbon. And those who also learned Psachim just now, the Mishnah says, that's why in the Seder on Matzah Shabbos, we're going to switch around in the end of the Haggadah, we, at the end of the, the Haggadah, when we're ready to drink the second kaib, we say, Al, not Allah Zvachim, Allah Psachim. We're going to say Allah Psachim Valazvachim because switch around the Seder on Matzah Shabbos. You'll see in the, in, the, in the instruction what Matzah Shabbos, because on Shabbos you can't shech that korban 
that brings you to satisfaction. That on that satisfaction, you eat the carbon Pesach. And what is the carbon Pesach? We can say it's a carbon where, HaKosh Baruch thank you. You've made me free that I know that I can be satisfied. You can spend a whole Seder developing this theme, I promise you. And it will not be, you, you, maybe you'll wake up and be the morning already by the time you finish saying, how can I be satisfied? Satisfied in my marriage, satisfied in my job, in my occupation, satisfied in my community, satisfied with my, with my gradual growth pattern, even in doing mitzvahs and not being crazy and taking on chumras and, and say, I'm satisfied, so I don't know shas today. There's a tomorrow, there's the next year, there's a daf I don't even have to run to daf yoymi. We'll learn omud yoymi, we'll learn a quarter of an omud a day. So I hope to live a long time. I'll finish shas in 30 years, but I'll know it. I'll chazer it, I'll review it. Satisfaction. I'm telling you, you can spend the whole night on just this. This is the, and this is what, this is the, the and, 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 but it's, and it's different for every person. You know, there's a, there's a mitzvah in this week's parsha that we just read this morning in the, in the Torah reading. That's, it's a famous pasuk that says, Eish tomid tukar ala mizbeach loy that there should always be a fire. You always have to make sure there's a fire on the Mizbeach. Then a permanent fire shall remain aflame on the altar. It shall not be extinguished. So it's a very redundant Pasuk. And the, the Mephorshim, so you have to look at the Sefer HaChinuch here. We don't have time to go into it. The Sefer HaChinuch explains that this is the mitzvah, even though we know that the Eishmin HaShemayim came down to consume the carbon. So what, what do we have to make a fire for? So he goes through the Mahalach that we see that we have to integrate Teva, nature, with miracle. We can't rely on miracle. Yes, the fire is going to come down. But you're not always going to see the miracle. We have to do our part and sort of conceal. It's the, it's the, it's the imagery that um, miracles are always hidden in this world. And therefore we make the fire even though Akashbaru is going to bring down the fire to consume the carbon, but those who are not looking to see the hand of Hashem will see, oh, it's the, it's the Kayan made the fire. I saw him do it this morning. He brought the wood and constantly feeding the fire all day long. And if you want, that, that's fine. That's, that is true. But for those of us who know, we will always be... Um, uh, enlightened to see the hand of Hashem. And this is also a very, very important uh, principle of Pesach. Um, that through the nature, we will be able to see the miracles of how Hashem uh, involves himself uh, in, our, in our lives personally, and the Hashgacha Klolis, and the Hashgacha Pratis, and what better do we need this year uh, to see how we've been 
uh, schlepped around by the nose against, against the, the, the wisest and the brightest uh, economists and scientists. And the one thing we know after all is said and done that we know nothing. But the, those people will not say, and they're still wearing one mask, two masks, three masks. I think they really should be wearing masks for the rest of their lives. And, 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 uh, and, but, but those of us who, who, have, who pride themselves on, on growing and, uh, and developing and learning, we, we see that the, the only one that has, is, is without a mask is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu has unmasked himself in this world, in our, in our lives, every single one of us all over the world has never happened before um, for us to see something. What exactly the message is, it's, it's hard to say. Who am I to, to say that? But Pesach is the time where we can reflect. That's the mitzvah, and that's what the, the Seder is all about. The Haggadah, uh, I'm told, is the most written on piece of Jewish literature. Interesting, more than even the Torah itself. So some want to say because there's a mitzvah so every year uh, an array of new Haggadahs keep coming out both in English and in, and in Hebrew and from all people but really the, the idea is the, the real message is why this is so naturally so um, it's a fact um, is because the Haggadah tells a different message and a personal message to each person and I would want to say to each person every single year. This is really what the, the, what the Rambam says that the, the Chayiv Adam Leroy says my person is Chayiv obligated to Ki'ilu Hu Yotza Mimitzrayim that's a Mishnah in, in, in a Gemara in Psachim but the Rambam adds Ki'ilu Hu Yotza Ata Ayin Tes Hey, and now that you're going out now, he adds that little one little word, and many Mephorshim go on it. What's the Ramam coming to tell me? And this is what he's coming to tell me: in a, uh, that it's a different message to every single person every year. So Mela, not only can every person write a Haggadah, but every person can write a different Haggadah every year. They don't. They write Haggadah and then they, they say, oh, I have my Haggadah, go look at my Haggadah. But it's not, it's, it's not, it's, Haggadah is, is, Vigarah to Labincha, it's a constant conversation. It's, a, it's an ongoing conversation, we would say, between ourselves and the next generation, between ourselves and what we're basically saying to the next generation is that it is a conversation and it's an ongoing conversation between parents and children between, parents, between people and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he's involved. Look for him. And, and what he's telling you yesterday perhaps is not the same today, but it's an ongoing process. And, and, and this is what we have, to, we have to understand. The word Seder, the, already the early commentaries say that Seder is an acronym. Seder means order. And it's an acronym for what's the order of the day, what's the order of the night, is that there really is no nature. Seder stands for Soid, Drush, and Remez. I think it's the Chidah. 
it's, it's appropriate for the Chidot to say such a remes. It's a hint. Say there's soid, drush, and remes. What's missing from the pardes? Pshat. Pshat is the simple, there's no simple, the night of Pesach has everything except a simple interpretation. There's no sim, nothing simple about it. Because how could one, one thing, one piece of matzah, say so much? It, it's constantly put it up to your ear. It's screaming uh, generations of Messiris Nefesh, generations of, it, it, we don't know if it's bondage or it's, it's the bread of freedom. We're, we're not sure. Holach Ma'anya, it's, it's Lachma of, of poverty. They ate it in Mitzrayim, but the Torah tells us they ate it when they left Mitzrayim. So what is it, the bread of poverty? Or is it the, even in the matzah, we don't know what it, what it really represents, but it represents something different. There's, there's, it's Seder, it's order, there's an order to the world, but there's every, everything but pshat. There's no pshat. And, and that's why it can be individualized, that's why it can say something different to every single person every single year. And that's what we have to, this is how we have to approach the Seder with, with trepidation that we should be listening, not just taking out our old notes from previous years and what we heard from other Rebbeim, that too, that's, what, that's a starting point. We want to get into it and, and be, uh, you know, prepare ourselves, but we have to be ready for what the Pasuk says, V'layla k'yoyim yo'ir, it's the night that shines like the day. And so it's it's night, but it's it's like it has the some dinim of a daytime. How do we have we know it's a dinim of a daytime because we say halil at the seder. And the Sfard says uh, halil, um, um, you know, uh, before the seder at at Mariv, we say with a bracha, in order to show that it's 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 this is a different night. We never say the Gemara Megillah and bracha says you cannot say. Uh, Halil at night because it says Mi Mizrach Shemesh Ad It's only a daytime mitzvah. It's called Mitzvah Sayoim. It's only by Yoim. Called Mitzvah Halayla is Balayla. It's a Mishnah in in Megillah and I think in Brachas as well. But but Pesach night, we all sing like canaries. We singing Halil. What well, we sing Halil at night? And there's another thing we we do on the Seder night is that we break up the Hallel. At the end of the Haggadah, right before we drink the second cup, we say, again, it's Beisham and Beis Hillel, we say either only the first, like Beisham, only the first paragraph of Hallel, or like Beis Hillel, like we do, like printed in our Haggadahs, we say the first two. So, so this is something I, I, I just heard from Rabbi Kalish from Waterbury, Amazing things on Torah anytime if you want to take a look. He calls it the essence of Pesach. It's Kedai to listen to. It's just a short, maybe 18 minutes uh, thing, but it's beautiful in his uh, beautiful way of expressing things. Um, so he goes on this Gemara. He says, so even according, to, everybody agrees you have to read the first paragraph. According to Basil, you have to read the second paragraph as well. The second paragraph makes sense. The second one says, B'tseis Yisrami Mitzrayim which at least has something to do with Mitzrayim, mentions Mitzrayim, even though it's mentioning it as we went out and talks about more of Kriyas Yamsuf, but still it mentions Mitzrayim. The first paragraph, what's the connection? Why is that so important? And, and so his basic yisoid is that, that 
in there we say that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, what makes Hakadosh Baruch Hu's presence difficult and challenging, and something that we it makes us give, makes us to work on is that. Mi Hashem Elokeinu, we say in that paragraph. Who is like Hashem? Hamagbihi Lashoves, that he's he's resting and and living on high, and that's true. We all agree to that. Davar Amelch is saying. And and that's and but that's where most of the world they say God is in heaven. I don't want to go up to heaven. Not yet. I'm not ready to go. I don't want to see God in heaven. But we believe and he comes down with all God's humility, comes down to see us lowly people on this world. He raises the most impoverished people. How is that? How could the God, the God that's on high, omnipotent God, but he comes down and he's rolling around in the dirt where we put ourselves and not listening to him. We're rolling on in the dust, in the dirt, in the garbage, and he comes down, even if a king or a president cares about he would send some schlepper to some government worker to, you know, to, to see that the homeless or the people have what they need. The king himself is going to come down and see? Yes, Hamashpili Leroy's, his Hashgocha Protis is, that's what Pesach is all about. That's the message. We can, we can get our arms around that. And the, I, 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 I recommend to read the Chayvus HaVavas in the, in the Shar HaBitochen, the third chapter and the fourth chapter, he teaches us how to integrate the fact that we believe that that Hakadosh is hu umanik, but at the same time we have to go out and find the job. We have to go out and be there. If we're supposed to be the nine to five, what do you mean? Tell your boss. Listen, boss. God wanted me to have this job. Who are you to tell me to come at nine o'clock? I'm davening until nine twenty. I'll come when I when I'm finished davening. Right. You can't fire me. What does your boss will say? Here's you. Hey, take a hike, right? How do you integrate our shtadlus and our success in? We had a brilliant idea and we implemented it and we worked it and we schwitzed over it and we developed it and we integrated it and the company made a million dollars, ten million dollars. What's a million dollars today? No, nothing. Right? Made a billion dollars, right? Now we get everybody's attention. Um, so, so th- how do we deal with that? It, it, my success. But at the same time, we have we know that Akash Bohu, if it wouldn't be for Akash Bohu, would never have the idea. How we integrate those things, that's Pesach. Pesach is at the Seder, we say the Hallel, and then we go eat matzah. We go drink our wine. We go have our shulchan aruch, our, our festive meal. Again, what's the festive meal? That we're learning how to be seveya, how to be satisfied. Satisfaction in Jewish 
concept is that the Rebbeinu gave us the ability to be satisfied. Satisfaction is that we can integrate emuna and hishtadlus. I, I, I beg you to, to read it. It's gorgeous, and, and Baruch Hashem, he elaborates it on it with beautiful proofs, both practical and from the, the psukim, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Um, you can, it's really, really beautiful. Integrated into your Seder, into your Pesach, the whole Pesach. It's really, really gewaldic. And, and the art scroll, I have to admit, did a wonderful job in, uh, in the presentation. It makes it much, much easier to read and to follow and to understand. Um, but that's what, that's, we break up the, the Halil, which we never can do. You can't. That's why we don't make a bracha on it, because we're breaking it up. How do you break it up? Don't break it up, and now you can't make a bracha. Don't break it up and make a bracha. But the answer is that we want to integrate. It's to show us that, what are you saying halal on? I'm saying halal that the Rebbe gave me the ability to be seveya, to be nechal ala seva. That's what I'm saying. The, the, that, that, that's why right when we hold the second cup, we just said the whole Haggadah and the, the whole story. And, and, you know, but that is the Halil. That is what we're saying Halil on. And then we continue to say, to say the Halil. And, 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 and just that alone, um, this, is, this is part of um, my presentation this year, is that, 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 you know, the Shulchan Aruch says in Tov Pei, where it talks about the fourth kais, so it says the minig, the Ramah brings the minig, that we say, and you open the door, right before you, you open the door, and you, right, before you say Halel, then we say the last, one of the simonim of, of the Haggadah, which is Halil, which you start from Loilonu. And you say, not just to the end of Halil, but you say Nishmas and the whole, what we call Halil Haggadal. And the Gemara Psachim talks about what's Halil Haggadal and what's included. You have the, the, um, uh, the 26 Hoidu Lashems, and then you have Nishmas, and you have the whole davening from, from Shachris and, on Shabbos and Yantav. It's, it's unbelievable. But we're saying it all there to show what is it, what is it that we're saying halal. Some say it's going, on, it's going on the Gula Asida, but Gula Asida is part of the Asid is now, as opposed to yesterday, right? Future, yesterday, you know, yesterday was history and tomorrow is a mystery and today is the present. There's such a such a saying, on a chazal, but it's a, such a saying, and and so yesterday was is the so today is the geula asida from yesterday. So if we can say I can look at the world and I can see, Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the world, clearer than I saw yesterday, and I understand my balance between hishtadlus and emuna, and I worked it out. I, I'm not. We say in the davening, we just said in davening. But still, I go to. I'm going. I have a doctor's appointment. I got to go after. Got to go to a doctor's appointment. It's not. It's not a contradiction. 
Hulavadoi. Not just that the Rebbeinu also, no, Hulavadoi, only him. Which, anyway, they say is a big schooler when you say this, to really think about it, because you're thinking how to integrate the fact that I'm running to a doctor, to a specialist, to a second opinion and this, at, but with all the, you know, trust and trying to believe that the, I'm looking for the best doctor, but at the same time, I believe that it only comes from the Rabbi Shalom. Rav Huttner writes in a letter that, uh, that we, this is the achdus. When we say Shema Yisrael Shem Alken Shem Echad, the achdus is integration of emuna and ishtadlus. And he writes that there was a famous doctor in Yushalayim, Dr. Wallach, in Bigger Chaylim Hospital. He was very famous, a big tzaddik also. Many stories, there's a book about him, I think, Dr. Wallach. And before he went into surgery, he would ask the patient, what's his name, what's his mother's name, so he can pray for him. Now, usually we say, oh, if the doctor has to pray, it doesn't, <laughs> that's a bad sign, right? Doctor, I want you to cut, you know, I'll pray. Well, the rabbis pray, and not cut. <laughs> but he said, no, Futner says, he knows. Yeah, he's cutting. It's with all of his knowledge and education. But, kihulavadoi. By your voice, the Rebbeinu—it's not a contradiction, and therefore, you know, Futner, um, you know, he writes about uh, you know a student who asked him, um, um, about living—is it living with the how to integrate Hishtablus with Emuna? And this is, what he, this is what he wrote him. But this is the night of Pesach. It's a, it's a long, long haul. The Rabbi Shalom gave us, um, gave us opportunity to, to integrate this through our mitzvahs and through our learning of Torah, through our uh, living life as a Jew, at home, at work, if we want to, it can be a seder, seder of emuna and ishtadlus, a seder of how am I going to be noichal ala seiva, how am I going to live and eat and live with satisfaction? And this is really, you know, the question that we've asked before, when when, when Avram Avinu, who the Yontif of Pesach is built, built on, right? As we said in the tour, it says that the three Yom are built on the three Avais, Pesach is Avram Avinu. He's the Av of Amuna. He was the first one. We mock here that there's a Rabbani Shalim in the world. And yes, there's Teva, but the Rabbani Shalim created Teva in a, world, in a way that it has to work itself out. But there has to be someone in charge. And Avram Avinu at the Brisbane Absarim, which was the answer to when he asked God, I'm alone. What's my future? Bama Eida. How am I going to know that I'm going to get Eretz Yisrael, that I'm going to have children, that I'm... All these questions, which, were they sins? Well, some Reforshim learned that it was, it was a sin for him to doubt and question HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu made this bris absarim. He cut the pieces of meat and he put them there and they were consumed. And he, there he was told, like we, we read in the Haggadah, that... You, that you will surely know, which is a very strong lotion, 
Yoidoya Teida, Yushur Kiger Yia Zaracha, Beretz Loilahem, it doesn't mention Mitzrayim, that's true. And we know that it started from when Yitzchak was born, even in Eretz Yisrael, because it wasn't his land yet. Right? That's according to. He's going to, they're going to enslave you and pain you. Just like on Yom Kippur, it's it's a pain. Four hundred years. Then, then the Kashbroch is going to um, judge those people, right? And he's going to bring you out. And everybody's, well, what is the Rechush, what's the big payday? Rechush Gadol, what's the big payday? So, the Gemara Brachas talks about it, uh, we had in, in Psachim also, what is the Rechush Gadol? Right? The Psachim in, in Pasha's bow said that they had to borrow the clothing and the uh, stuff from the Mitzrayim, Shloyoimru Oisetzadik, the Gemorim Bracha says. So the Oisetzadik, which is Avram Avinu, shouldn't say, Vinu Oisam, to paint them and sub- make them suffer, you did. But to send them out, Berchush Godel, you didn't? So therefore, we'll give them some. But was that really the Ruchush Godel? It's even from the Chazal, it seems that it was just a, uh, uh, you know, just so he shouldn't. Do we know Avram Avinu would have. It doesn't say Avraham Avinu's name. So, other before him, I, I, I can't, I, you have to excuse me, I don't remember always where I saw it. I can't find it, uh, where I've seen these, if it's, if it's in the Chidusha Goddess from the Maral, or it's in the Ben Yehoyado, or in the Marsha, I can't remember um, when I'm preparing a shir. But it doesn't say Avraham Avinu, because Avraham Avinu, he, he, he had no complaints. It's us talking from our perspective. When we read the psukim, where is the payback? But that doesn't mean the payback is this. We know it wasn't this. It was really the, the, the spoils at the sea, where they, every person you know, left with, with uh, so much stuff from which they built the mishkan. So, and, but what but the... The million-dollar question is, why wasn't Avraham Avinu, why didn't he say, God, this is, my, this is what you're promising me? It seems like a, a punishment. And the, the answer is that the process of life, there's a, it's a broad term that they will enslave you and they will pain you. It means you, they will be challenged. You will be stressed to focus and to focus all of your efforts to grow and to develop in this. It's be going against your nature. That's also enslavement. That's also, be, we, we, we pride ourselves that we are avde Hashem, but not avodim lavodim, not slaves to slaves. We want to be Avdi Hashem. Is that a walk in the park? No, it's, it's, it's a challenge. We have to learn, yeah. I can't leave something for Saturday. Saturday is the day I have to, I, I have malacha. I can't do malacha. But is it the most enjoyable? Of course it's the most enjoyable. Once you learn that I can do those things on Friday or on Sunday, it's a mindset. Always over the years, I get people who say, when am I going to pick up my dry cleaning? 
I say, don't worry about it. You'll find the time, you know. But at the time, when they're so used to Saturday is my, I wake up a little late, take a shower, you know, and go for a jog, and go, you know, have a coffee with my friend, and then I go pick up my dry cleaning. Where am I going to pick up my dry cleaning? How can I keep Shabbos? What am I going to take my dog to the vet? That's when I take it. It's, 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 it's a tragedy. How am I supposed to do it? So don't worry. You work it. We have to. This is part of the process of it's it's slavery. It's it's we have, we have to budget. We have to know and and to say no. This is a. I have a greater opportunity on Shabbos than doing all those other things that can be done at a different time. I have a greater opportunity. That's only now on Shabbos. The 26 hours of Shabbos is an opportunity of a lifetime. To grow, to develop, to, to bask in the, in uh, being invited to a Kodesh A person gets invited to a, to a party, right? Uh, it, but it's an ongoing, every, 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 every month he gets together with his friends. And this one, to get the, 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 the governor invites him for a, for a special one-on-one. So you'll call your friends. I'm sorry, I, I, I know I value this so much, but this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So everybody understands. The once, Shabbos is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It comes around every week. Well, that's, 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 that's part of the gift, but, it, but it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There's no emergency. I, I speak to Goyim, and they, 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 they hear that my, my father's in business for 50, 60 years, in a business that could have emergencies, he says, did never had an emergency on, on Shabbat that he had to go into work? He says, no, never, never once. What? How can that be? How can that be? It can be. But if you don't have the, the, the if you never trained, so when, the, when Avram Avinu heard, that was a program that over 400 years being in Mitzrayim, we would have learned and been ready for Gula Sida for the final redemption. We were ready to go into Eretz Yisrael and get the Torah and, and it would be like, like Olam Haba. But the program changed a little bit. It saw that, uh, that we, couldn't, we couldn't last. We got to Memtesh Shari Tuma and, and it was impossible. So the had to speed it up and really make the bondage and really speed up the, the, the process and have Mitzrayim uh, play their role and then bring the ten makas and, and get us out after 190 years. 210 years, whatever the cheshbonis are. But it, the program changed, and this is what we're saying in the Pesach Seder. We're celebrating that the Rebbein Shalom is watching and taking care of us, and we will respond and, and live with with how we're meant to live, and this is this is if you look at the seder, um, the whole concept of we say baruch hamokam baruch hu, we call the rabbanu shalom the unusual name of place, and again this is a lot to talk about, but but the the yisoid is that is that that, that the rabbanu shalom. Um, has made for us 
we all have our, our, our place. Right? And that's the first time we find the, the word Mokam in the. We all have our base Amigdash and our place where we can be inspired. And we're always trying to find that there's a place for everybody. The, 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 the Torah is, is inherently written for everybody for the Chacham, for the Russia, for the. Tam and the Enyo de Elisha. Everybody has a place and everybody can find their space in and around the, the Torah itself. And the, I, I, I feel this year, I have to share with you that I, this year, um, the, it always bothered me that at the end of the Haggadah, Towards the end of the reading the Haggadah, we say, Rabbi Gamliel Aimer, whoever doesn't say these three things, I mean, we're already tired out. Two hours, we're saying the Manishtana a hundred times and, and singing and this and dipping and, and everybody's falling asleep. All of a sudden you tell me, put that in the beginning. Get it out of the way. And now you yoitsu your thing. And then say as much as you want, sing. And the, all the kids can bring out their pages and, and shut them and answers and questions. And, you know, today it's a big problem. The, the kids are asking the questions and, and giving the answers. And the parents sit there like, uh, oh, wow, I didn't know that. You know, the kids are teaching the parents. It's a little opposite from what should be. But if, if Rabbi Gamliel is the bottom line, whoever doesn't say these three things is not Yoytzidei Chayvasa. That's serious stuff. It's a Mishnah in, in Psachim, right? Rabbi Gamliel, so say it at the beginning and then why leave it for the end? Why leave it for the end? I've never seen anybody ask this question. But I want to give a, a perspective. Again, this is uh, maybe my Haggadah for this year. And, that, and uh, I have to thank uh, Spencer for showing me the Haggadah of, of um, uh, Rabbi Sachs, Rabbi Sachs uh, Zechariah Levracha, who was Nifter this year. And his Haggadah, I was a little bit inspired from what he says. Um, Rabbi Gamliel had his own journey and it, 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 that the Gemara and Brachas, famous Gemara and Brachas that we've, we've learned that Rabbi Gamliel was, was the leader, he was the Nasi. Without going into detail because I don't want to take too much time, the, the Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi and he had experiences with, with Rabbi Yeshua who was also from the Gedoyle Ador, part of Rabbi Yeshua's Bez, Rabbi Gamliel's Bezdin. And there were three incidents the Gemara said that he embarrassed him Three important shilas that came up, and when it came to the third one, the the community said, "That's enough. We can't take this anymore." So, the Gemara. I just want to give you insight. It was a riot to what my my thought was. Whether that Rabbi Sack does not bring, but it says, "Maisa um, betalmud echad." The Gemara introduces it with it was a story with one Talmud that saw what was going on and told Rabbi Gamliel. Hey, there's someone who argues about you. Told Rabbi Yeshua, isn't that Lashon Hara? Why would why, and why doesn't say who the Talmud was? At the end of the whole sugya, the Gemara says the Ta'oisa Talmud was Abshur Bar Yechoi. The Halik Abshur Bar. So say in the beginning, Ma'aser Abshur Bar Yechoi. Why why play with us and say Ma'aser Talmud Echah? We think this guy is a is a terrible person. Lashon Hara started this whole thing. This whole the Ben Yoyada says a monumental pshat 
that I can give three shiurim on this Ben Yoyodeh. He says that we have to know there's Hashgacha and Shimbari Choi, who was the author of the Zohar, right, knew that Rabbi Gamliel needed to die. He was going to die. And because Elazar ben Azariah had to come and, and be the, the Nasi. And, and so he, I'm, I'm not doing it justice, but he says that he created this whole thing in order to bring Tikkun to Rabbi Gamliel and a way that Rabbi Gamliel didn't have to die and he could be reinstated with his tikkun, with his, his tikkun, and but if the, if and he says if it would have brought Maisar Rishon Mayichal, we then oh Rishon Mayichal, we're we're going to wait for something great, something some miraculous. No, we wants to teach us this is the way of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and and his tzaddikim that they let things play out. And how did it play out? That Rambam got angry at Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Yeshua, and then the people got angry at Rabbi Gamliel, and they ousted him. Now, ousting him is like putting him at Golis, that's like a death. But the truth is that Rabbi Gamliel needed to learn important lessons. The, the you know, the, there's a, in the Haggadah, in the Haggadah from the Or HaShulchan, which is a beautiful Haggadah, he says why, we talked about this when we were learning in Brachas, in, in Sukkah, that why, Maisa, Maisa, uh, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Lozab and Azariah and Rabbi Tarfin, they all came to Bnei Brak. Who lived in Bnei Brak? Rabbi Akiva lived in Bnei Brak. Rabbi Eliezer, we saw in, in the Gemara and Sukkah, they never, you're not supposed to leave your own home. You can't be Mekayim Sukkah in, in your, only in your own Sukkah. So how did he leave? All of a sudden he's leaving for Pesach? What's going on? He says the person should not leave his home. It's because it was after the Churban Abayas. That's what the Orach HaShulchan says. And they were very despondent. They were very disengaged. How they, couldn't, they couldn't even teach their communities. Their amuna was shaking. Who's going to teach us how to live in Golos with happiness and be able to communicate that to our communities? Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva specialized in being able to watch the fox running into the Kodesh HaKadosh, as the Gemara says in the end of Makis, and laugh. Oh, and when the other people are crying, and he's laughing. Did he have to laugh? He could have just not cried as much. He laughed in order to give them, bring them out of their crying, obviously, right? But Rabbi Kiva was able to do this, to see the, see the gula in the churban. So they all went to Rabbi Kiva, teach us. So from, from there you see that there's such a concept of the chachamim, made events that would bring out to teach and to uplift even their colleagues who were perhaps bigger than them. Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi. And the, the Gemara and Brachas tells us that, that he was Asiri Lehillel. He had Yichas. And the Gemara says, when they, who, who are we going to take when we throw out Rabbi Gamliel? The first one was, they, was Rabbi Kiva. They said, take Rabbi Kiva. No, no, he's Ben Geirim. He doesn't have the Yichas. And who knows, Rabbi Gamliel might curse him. Which means, if Rabbi Gamliel doesn't understand that he's here to learn a lesson, he could throw a curse. And, it, you know, and it could be, we have to get him on the right page. 
You have to get them with eyes to see that this is a learning experience for you. Who's going to do that? Rabbi Shem is setting the stage, you know, saying this, well, could be Lashon Hara, right? And, and we can't take Rabbi Kiva, who are we going to take? Rabbi Lashon who's 18 years old, and he has Yichas, he has no problem, let's put him in the position. Then we'll start working as, the, as you look at the whole Gemara in Brachas. That says that Rabbi, and that could be with Rabbi, Rabbi Sachs says so beautifully, that's when this story that they came, these, these Chacham came together in Bnei Brak, According to the Orchashon, they were ta- learning how to deal in the Chorban, which could also be true. But I think they were also learning how do we get Rabbi Gamliel back on track? How do we teach him and show him that he can be the leader? He doesn't have to die and someone else take over. No, we can, we can save, we can salvage, because he has what it takes. He's a serial Hillel. That's the Messiah. We love, we need the Messiah. Don't take a new person, 18-year-old schnook, right? We need, need Messiah. How are we going to do this? We have to get him on the same page. We can't take Rabbi Kiva because Rabbi Gamaliel is not ready to see it. So who are we going to take? Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Okay, he turned to white beard just from taking, just from taking the position, right? And, and then the Gemara says that Rabbi Gamaliel, all of a sudden, they opened up the base members, they put in 400 or 700 benches, and Rabbi Gamliel says, Oi, Monati Torah mi Yisrael. I held back Torah from Klal Yisrael. The Gemara Baruch is there. Look at it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making this up. And Rabbi Gamliel says, Oi. And they showed him in a dream. That, no. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It says, The Gemara Vloihi. It's not true. Really, Rabbi Gamliel did hold back Torah from Klal Yisrael by making it only Toich Kibara, only the elite. It was wrong. But La Fuse died and we wanted to appease him. What do you mean appease him? We, because we have a bigger lesson for him to learn. We're staging this whole thing with Shem Rai and, and, and Rabbi Yeshua and, and this whole thing in order to uplift Rabbi Gamli. We don't want him to be depressed. We don't want him to curse Rabbi Kiva. We're staging this whole thing and they all got together in Bnei Brak that year, Pesach. How are we going to help Rabbi Gamliel? I'm just taking Rabbi Sachs to a different level. How are we going to, how are we going to help Rabbi Gamliel? And they sat a whole night thinking about Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. How do we integrate Emuna and Hishtadlus? What do we do? They, a whole night till it was the morning, and they came up with this plan that they, that, that Rabbi had to do what he had to do. He had to put in the benches to keep, bring people in the base medrash. And then we... From Minar Shemaim, they appease Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel. But then the story says that Rabbi Gamliel, they came over to him and they started working on him. He was out, out and, and lost, and you know, he was feeling humble. In his humility, he said, you know, maybe it's time to ask forgiveness from Rabbi Yeshua. And he went, knocked on the door of Rabbi Yeshua's house, and he see, oh, they opened the door and the walls are black. And Rabbi Shul is living in dire poverty. And he says, what are you, a, a, you work in the coal mines? And Rabbi Shua then tells him, shoots him between the eyes and tells him, woe is to the generation that has leaders that are not familiar with how their Talmid Chachamim are being misparnes, how they're getting livelihood. And that, that was the right time. The timing was perfect for Rabbi, Kiva, for Rabbi Gamliel to hear that Musr. 
it wasn't ready before it wasn't ready. You know, he would have been knocked too much down. And when Rabbi Kiva, take Rabbi Kiva, wouldn't have been the right time. Now Rabbi Azariah, you know, he, he was, now he was ready to hear that. And they had this discussion and the consolation where he asked him forgiveness and he asked him forgiveness. And they said, "Who? okay, now what? Now that we've appeased each other and we're ready to take you back as the Nasi, how's it going to work? Can't send away Rabbi Ozeb Azariah. We can't, what are we going to do? So they worked it out that it will be one week, one week Rabbi Ozeb Azariah, three weeks Rabbi Gamliel, and they worked it out that he was reinstated. But he was reinstated as a new Rabbi Gamliel. A new Rabbi Gamliel. He integrated Emuna and Hishtadlus and, and growth that Gula Sida, he, he, he became a new person, therefore a new leader, bringing the Messiah from his family into the present in a new level. I can guarantee you all of his decisions were now to the, for the best of Klal Yisrael for that generation and further. Saved the Messiah. And that was, that was the end of the story. And Rabbi Sachs says, he brings it to Sefta that Rabbi also went into hiding, went, went somewhere for that Pesach night. And he was a different set of rabbis talking about the halachas. You know, okay, I, don't, I don't know how exactly, but each one was focusing on a different thing. They were focusing on the Haggadah. You know, and, and, and that's why they were, because they were working on this plan. And that's what the Gemara says at the end when everything worked out so beautifully. They says, who just tied everything with a beautiful bow, saw him in Hashemayim and his, you know, Kabbalistic view that we need Rabbi Gamliel or else he has to die and that would be terrible. So let's work it out. And everything was, was orchestrated so beautifully. That's what, but that's what Pesach is all about. You, when we read about the, the excess of Mitzrayim, we're not reading about what happened then, we're reading about how we are going to learn and deal with emuna and Ishtadlis. How are we going to deal with our avdus? How are we going to deal with our bondage? Are we, are we letting it bind us too much? Or are we allowing ourselves to have the freedom and have the emuna at the same time? This is what this is what the Haggadah is all about. So after we read the Haggadah with all of our Pirushim, then we come to Rabbi Gamliel Oimer. Rabbi Gamliel says, whoever doesn't say these three things, Rabbi Gamliel, who learned in his, in his way that Akash orchestrates that we should have everything we need to grow and to develop, even though it was a very painful time, very embarrassing for him. Believe me, it was not a pretty time for Begamliel and his family. Very not, not nice. That's why the Gemara says you can't take Rabbi Yeshua in his place. That would be too much suffering for, for, for Begamliel to have his, his uh, nemesis in his position. Because he would be too... Seeing his, the, the enemy, he wouldn't be open to focus on where he can grow from this. Everything, Roshim orchestrated everything. Be just enough to humble him, to open him up, to be able to accept, and now to, to work on. That is what our Pesach is all about. We want to get realigned, recalibrated. That's the best word, calibration. 
The Haggadah and the Seder is to recalibrate ourselves between, to balance out the weight of Emuna and the weight of Ishtablus. This is what we sing hollow. When we break out into hollow, as the Ramos says here, we say Shvoi Chamascha, and then it says, Noyagim, you open the door. You open up the door in order to remember that it's a it's a leil shimurim. It's a it's a night of protection. But they 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 other mafarshim say it's a night of protection. We don't say the whole hamapil and the shema and all that, but we say the first paragraph of shema. Achdus always remains. Achdus is this calibration, is this balance. That is what the night teaches. The other parts. Second parish and the third parish we don't say, and the whole Krishna Alamita we don't say, the night of Pesach. You can finish the Halil even not in the Makam Suda, which references a Gemara, says Rabbi Yosef Salant in the Ber Yosef in Parsha's bow. He says, Leil Shimurim. The Gemara in, in Psachim says that they, they, something about that they sang hollow on the rooftops. And the question was, the rooftops were not niskadish. You couldn't eat the carbon Pesach on the rooftops. The Gemara said, oh, well, they ate down and below on the ground level. And then they went up on the roof, the Marsha says, because it was so crowded, because they were crowded into one room, the family, so they needed some breathing room. Not social distancing, they needed some breathing room. So they went up to the roof to sing hollow. But the idea is, why did they do that? They did it because once they, their eyes were open to that this is personal, the Rabbani Shalom is here, Mashpili Leroy's Bashamayim Muvaretz, the Rabbani Shalom is there teaching me, giving me my lessons, sometimes difficult, which is the lesson of Rabbi Gamliel Oimer. Whoever doesn't say these three things on Pesach, Lo Yotzadei if you don't read the Haggadah and come out with this understanding that, yes, it could be a bitter pill to swallow, but if I'm going to be healthier afterwards, physically, emotionally, spiritually, in my relationships, I'll be oichal ala soiva, and I just went through that experience by eating the afikoyman, eating the korban pesach, I understood, I am satisfied. Can you imagine if a person say, I am satisfied, and now I'm benching, he would jump out of his skin and run to the rooftops and say hallel. I have, it's unbelievable. You know, Rucham says in one of his letters, he says that if a person would understand the process of going to the bathroom, how the body processes all the food and gets rid of the waste, and then he would send the telegram home to his parents. Dad, mom, I went to the bathroom. We don't appreciate it. That's why we don't do it. Tell you, we, we, you wouldn't even send the text. You'd send the... Uh, uh, you know, he would call. <laughs> Who calls anyone? It's so en- en- enormous, and this is what I feel that that Klali, that the seder, if it brings us to the point that we're jumping out of our skins, running to the rooftops, ready to sing to everybody, that I reach this. That's the halal hagodol. That's what it's referring to. He says you can even say the halal not where you ate. You can finish the halal because it's you can't hold back. You're jumping out of your out of your skin, and I, I just saw another one of the svarim that says, um, 
says in the Haggadah that I just got from my son-in-law, uh, very nice Haggadah, Machish Yeshua, it's called the, the Haggadah. It says, he says, from, from Moshe Leib Sassifer, one of the great Rebbes, that we should we say Zevach Pesach Lashem Asher Posach that he skipped over. Skipped over is a lotion of dancing. Hashem, when he came to the, the Mitzrayim, and he sees oh, a Jewish home in all of this schmutz, all the schmutz in Mitzrayim, I can't look anywhere. You know, you walk in the streets and you see all the schmutz and the people just living. You don't know where to start. They're so pierced and colored and, and it's just, you don't know where to start. Right? And all of a sudden you see, a, 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 you ever walk in the airport, you know, and all of a sudden you see a yid with a hat and jacket or you see a Jewish woman with a dressed sneers. And it's like, wow. Breath of fresh air, a normal, a human being. Imamish, make a bracha, a, a human being. Oh, you don't know where, you can't look anywhere, walk on the, the, the sea of humanity, and all of a sudden you see a human being. It's just, this is, this is the, this is Asher Pasach, because Rolla sees and he jumps, he dances. He danced, not to skip over because he wanted to protect us, he danced over the homes out of excitement of seeing a Yid, a Jewish home. That's what that's what we we feel. We say the hallel. We say the second part of hallel. We should feel that we we get up and go open the door because we're just plotting with with excitement that we experienced what it, that we can be satisfied and we are, what that means and how our voida is after we come to that realization. And every year it's a new realization, a new awareness. And this is what it means that at that point. That's, I mean, at that point, at the end of the Haggadah, of the first part of the Haggadah, we say Rabbi Gamliel. Because Rabbi Gamliel's lesson of Lo Yotzei is only because he understood that he's not the same Rabbi Gamliel after he went through all of what he had to go through. So orchestrated. From the greatest and the best. So orchestrated. They spent the whole night mapping out how they're going to do this. Everybody had their role. As the Gemara in Brachas tells, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable shot uh, in the Gemara. I never looked at it that way, even though I spoke about this last year. Anyways, have a wonderful Yantiv. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, always, always just scratch the surface. Okay, have a great Yantiv. Yantiv, thank you.